You're listening to the Scotiabank Market Points Podcast. I'm your host, Greg White. Market Points is part of the Knowledge Capital series, a collection of audio, video, and written commentary from Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets leaders designed to provide you with timely insights and analysis. On this episode of Market Points, we're sharing key highlights from a recent Scotiabank webcast, Emerging from the Pandemic, Strategies and Implications, presented by the Scotiabank Women Initiative for Global Banking and Markets. The webcast featured Marta Cano-Escobar, Managing Director and Head, Canada and LATAM Investor Solutions and Equity Derivatives, and Stephanie LaRiviere, Managing Director and Global Head, Currency and Commodities, Sales and Derivatives Product Group. Marta and Stephanie shared insights from the product and solutions side and their perspectives on the post-pandemic world. Marta and Stephanie were also joined by Brett House, Vice President and Deputy Chief Economist, who shared an economic overview and, of course, dealt with a top-of-mind subject, inflation. There is an attendant concern that keeping monetary policy so loose is going to set off a permanent increase in inflation. And we've certainly seen in year-on-year terms a relatively big spike in the numbers that have printed over the last few months. We anticipate that those will start coming down because in part there are base effects at work, which is kind of a inside baseball way of saying, as we compare to a year ago, that comparison will get less and less stark because the reopening months from last year will show higher prices than the depth of the shutdown in Q2, which for the last few months has been the base of comparison that has shown inflation to be quite high. There are also a number of things driving this uh, temporary and we think transitory spike in inflation uh, that are unusual and that will not remain permanent fixtures of the price landscape. Things like lumber, you know, as people have undertaken renovations and the new housing market has tried to pick up, you have been in short supply and prices have gone up. Those have started ratcheting back. Used cars have been in short supply and used car prices have driven a decent chunk of this upturn in inflation. And that reflects a few things. You've probably heard about the semiconductor or computer chip shortages because of supply chain blockages in East Asia that have slowed down automobile production on the new vehicle side. Uh, There's also a race uh, by rental car companies to buy used cars because many of them sold off their fleets during the pandemic to prevent having idle capital sitting around. We think those are temporary phenomena and that's the reason why central banks in the developed world are largely sitting on their hands and saying they're going to keep monetary policy accommodative well into next year largely in order to try to boost that capital spending that we continue to see as being slightly disappointing on the Canadian side. We do think the Bank of Canada will begin lifting policy rates in the second half of next year with the Fed following at the very beginning of 2023, Uh, but it will not be a rapid set of interest rate increases. It will be a gradual process of bringing interest rates up closer to inflation and removing what is the very exceptional stimulus that we have in place right now. With the uncertainty around inflation and rates, clients have been seeking custom solutions to help navigate this uncertainty. Here's Stephanie LaRiviere. Business owners are certainly concerned about costs, cost of labor and finding people, and also increasing 
um, commodity and, and transportation costs. And I think a lot of them will be reassured by Brett's commentary that this is only a transition because many are afraid that this is a more sort of longer term uh, situation given the amount of liquidity that's been pumped into the system by governments. So we're engaged in dialogue with many of our clients in uh, developing bespoke inflation edging solutions to help control and, and maintain costs. And the second one would be rising interest rates. Uh, some concerns about future refinancing costs. And we're looking, I think, increasingly popular looking into longer term edges for interest rates uh, through solutions such as mismatch swaps. We've also been experiencing considerable volatility in equity markets. Maracano Escobar spoke about how equity volatility is affecting businesses and the steps clients are taking to mitigate risk and seize opportunity. Many corporates and many of our clients have compensation plans tied to their own shares or earnings or in some cases market-based funds or the market. And so in that case, volatility is not your best friend if you want to secure you know, your, the payouts that you're gonna do to your um, employees. And so we offer compensation hedges via swaps or forwards. So we can provide exposure to that issuer's price, share price or the relevant investments they have to lock those uh, levels and remove that equity market volatility from, from the program. That That's one of the programs that we're more successful with offering to our clients. And certainly I think it's something uh, everybody should consider if they have equity markets exposure. Another product that we are discussing frequently with our clients is an at-the-market offering with a forward. So what is an at-the-market offering program? Is uh, a program that allows a company to issue shares through an agent in the market without having to file documents every time they do an issuance. It's an offering that is utilized by companies to raise capital over time, and it allows them to opportunistically take advantage of increases in the share price. And so if we look at the last year, whether it is meme stocks or the market or whatever uh, is causing a rally in the market, some companies find themselves in a position where it's interesting to, to do another market offering. When we put a forward in it, what we do is we allow to hedge that offering by by providing the benefit to be able to lock in the uh, eventual share issuance price. So you go in with a DM offering, but you can lock in that share issuance price. We provide flexibility. We remove that financing uncertainty that might be if we're not locking that price. And, and, and at the same time, through the entire package, we defer the, the impact of dilution. So we, we have examples of clients who've taken advantage of their share price increasing um, through, through this program. The third one is a derivative where we uh, allow our clients or facilitate for our clients share repurchases. Some clients are finding themselves with extra cash. And so it might be a good opportunity at the moment to go and repurchase shares at a discount to uh, the market price. It's a cost-effective execution. Uh, it has the potential to immediately retire shares and maximize the earnings per share benefit. So it's a very interesting product for our clients. It's quite common in the U.S. and we are looking to start discussing more with our Canadian clients because we think it's a good opportunity for them. And last but not least, structured notes. Again, clients with excess cash looking to allocate some of their assets to investments and participate uh, in the opportunities that the markets are presenting, the equity markets. So we can uh, provide to them investment products, in this case, with a certain degree of principal protection, so full principal protected, or if clients are 
a little bit more comfortable taking some risk with a degree of principle or risk, and at the same time, giving them exposure to equity markets in a variety of structures. We can provide yield, so you know, uh, continuous income through coupons, or we can do a growth structure where the client can participate at the maturity of the product. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted us in countless ways, and it has certainly been eye-opening for corporate leaders like Stephanie Lariviere. Stephanie spoke about how one particular leadership philosophy is having a renaissance. One sort of theme or theory that's that's older, but that's made a big comeback during the pandemic is what is called servant leadership. And so the name is, is quite self-explanatory, is that leaders should uh, focus on serving their employees and it, understanding it's not about them, but about stakeholders in general and, and namely their team members. So lots of interesting concepts around that. The first one being listening and empathy. And that's certainly one that for me in the last few months working from home versus the office has provided me the opportunity to have much deeper one-on-one conversation with people away from the prying eye, especially when you're used to working in an open concept type environment. So having, again, the ability to connect and learn more about my colleagues and peers and employees. And maybe it's because you see the kids running in the background and the dogs barking, but you get a better sense of what their personal situation is, what their constraints are, what their concerns are. And and maybe it's because I was sort of more conscious and diligent about scheduling those one-on-one catch-up sessions, but it's certainly something that I want to keep doing post-pandemic and make it sort of be more strict about it. Because I feel when people have a form to freely express themselves, um, you know, it it makes them that much more engaged. And as a manager, if you have the pulse on what your team is thinking in terms of ideas and sort of realities on the field, it makes you more, I think, better placed to make the required adjustments in real time. We've adapted to our changing circumstances, but when we are finally on the other side of this pandemic, Marta Cano Escobar says that we can't just revert to how things were done before. Marta sees a more inclusive future for work and a chance for lasting positive change. For me, three things stand out. Our teams are way more resilient and adaptable than we might have realized. People are all levels of the organization demonstrated that they can adapt be responsible and perform at the top level from their kitchen, living room, garage, wherever they were. So I think we should recognize that, we should celebrate that, uh, and we we should you know share with the team the successes and, and let them know that that we see what they've done. The second thing for me of the learning is that you know the barriers we all face during the pandemic have already been there for many visible and non-visible minorities, even before COVID-19 was a thing. And so all of a sudden, we all collectively worldwide experience what it feels to be working remotely in a, in a side office or to struggle with accessibility or have a challenge balancing work and home time. And so in my view, rather than looking to go back to the old ways and ignore what we learn here, I think we need to move forward in a more inclusive way. So think of what leading with this mindset would do, for example, with people with disabilities. We can give them ongoing access to and support so that they can actively participate in the success of our business. They don't need to be in the office if they can uh, not 
if they can log in and not have to navigate a commute. That for me might be very easy, but for a person with a, a vision disability, for example, is a challenge every day. Why can't they contribute from wherever they are and be equal part of, of the success of my team? I think that's what we need to learn right now. Another thing in that same topic, think of new parents who uh, now are going to be able to stay closer to their small children and, and navigate. I have two sons, and, and, and I remember the first months of parenthood it's a blur, but it was really challenging. And then returning to the office, returning to work was really difficult too. So with the pandemic, we learned that there's tools that we can give new parents so they can come back to work, the workplace in a way that they can still stay with their children and, and, and make it all work. So for me, if we don't take those lessons and apply them, we, we've missed a big opportunity. And last, I have learned that now more than ever, we really must think with a collective mindset. None of us could get out of this pandemic on our own. None of us. We need each other. In difficult times like this, though, the good in people come to light. So whether it's Vaccine Hunters Canada Twitter account, young people getting together and putting a program to go and visit the elderly and check on them during the winter to make sure they were okay, and these were like university students in the first years, um, thousands of people making masks and PPE to bring to the hospitals in March. I, I, I dusted my sewing machine and learned to make a few, but I, there were ladies and men who you know, did thousands of these things for the hospitals across the world. Um, frontline workers, they kept going and they didn't stop and they help us. And, and it's the grocery store clerics and the, and the nurses and the doctors and everybody. So for me, uh, people did step up and they could come to light. So it, the pandemic changed the course of history for humankind, but it also reminded us that humans are inherently good. And so I am optimistic for the future and that's a learning I'm taking. I'm trying to take a positive spin on, on what we learned from the pandemic because I think we all need a little bit of that. You've been listening to key highlights from the Scotiabank webcast, Emerging from the Pandemic, Strategies and Implications, presented by the Scotiabank Women Initiative for Global Banking and Markets. And we heard from, in order of appearance, Brett House, Vice President and Deputy Chief Economist, Stephanie Larivière, Managing Director and Global Head Currency and Commodities Sales and Derivatives Products Group, and Marta Cano-Escobar, Managing Director and Head Canada and LATAM Investor Solutions and Equity Derivatives. You can now find Scotiabank's Market Points on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And we want to hear from you. Please rate and review us. Your feedback helps us improve the capital markets content we create for you. You can also find more thought-leading content on our website, gbm.scotiabank.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at ScotiabankGBM, as well as our LinkedIn showcase page, under Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets. I'm Greg White. Thanks for listening. This communication does not constitute investment advice or any personal recommendation to invest in a financial instrument or investment research. This communication is provided for information and discussion purposes only. An investment decision should not be made solely on the basis of the contents of this communication. It is not to be construed as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments and has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any recipient. The information in this communication is based on publicly available information, and although it has been compiled or obtained from sources believed to be reliable, such information has not been independently verified and no guarantee, representation, or warranty, express or implied, is made as to its accuracy, completeness, or correctness. Past performance or simulated past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results. Forecasts are not a reliable indicator of future performance.
please refer to our legal disclosures on our website.